guest is ready. So if you just joined or you may want to join us live on Facebook and YouTube, we are streaming live. You can send your friends the link and they will also join with their thoughts, their contribution and their comments. All right, my special guest is ready. And he is a man of God. He's a reverend. He is a father. He is a husband. And he's also a counselor. He is... He's been into this thing we are coming to talk about for so long, so he is experienced. And his, uh, his thoughts on whatever we are going to talk about is really going to help most of us. All right, so my guest is none other than Reverend Dr. Victor Esse. Thank you, Daddy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. How are you doing? Excellent in the Lord. Okay. Please, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? <sighs> People ask me so many questions about myself that... Sometimes I hope nobody would ask that question. Um, well, <clears throat> I was born into a family of, um, well, I got to know about 22 or 23. Um, when my father died, uh, there were kids coming from different islands. And that was interesting. But um, we were a very united family. And um, of my mom's kids, we were 10. My mom had 10 kids, and nine of us are alive. I am number six. Um, I went to school through Association International uh, here in Accra. Initially, um, Kumasi, then here, then to Adesavo College, uh, the best of the colleges in the schools. <laughs> Don't be glad with that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then from there to Wesley um, College, then. Uh, a stint in the University College of Education. Um, there, just before I went, God called me into ministry. So since we're not talking today too much about that, so mm -hmm. that is me. I got called into ministry and uh, started off with Calvary Charismatic Center. In fact, with action. Okay. And that bishop is my number one father. And then from there, I went to Kumasi because God asked me to relocate to Kumasi. Okay. And then um, I found ministry and uh, with Reverend Ransom of Bain, um, at CCC. I was there for seven years, and then God called me out to start family chapel. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Daddy, for coming. Um, it's a pleasure. All right, so today we are talking about communication, mm. understanding, and sex and marriage. Wow. Um, I believe uh, we, people communicate in marriage, but what I don't know is whether... Um, they understand because I can say for a fact that maybe my husband and I communicate but how will I know that he understands what I'm trying to tell him? Okay, you, you see um, the place of understanding has a lot of connotations okay. and the place of communication also has a lot of connotations okay. for example, you can communicate with your eyes you can communicate by speech you can communicate by silence, and you can communicate even with your feet. Even with the nod of the head, you can communicate something. So the most important thing in life is understanding the inflections, the movements, the speech of your partner. Okay. And because the communication is what will lead to understanding. Mm -hmm. So there are seasons where you realize your wife becomes a bit more loose. Is she in her period? Is she going through something else other than that? Uh, she got to the menopausal state, 
Uh, simply put, when some people are, uh, let me use a word that they use for other things, uh, on heat, then they <laughs> are <laughs> intentionally with that word. I know people will kill me. So when they get to that place and then they can easily get pregnant, okay. some people become agitated. Yes. Some people also don't want sex. Some people also want sex. Mm. So as a husband, you must know and view and understand where your wife is coming from and also vice versa. Your husband is coming from work. How does he feel? What is the look on his face? Okay. Is he stressed out? Is he excited? Uh, does he speak by mm, mm, mm? Or does he do, hi baby, how are you doing? Maybe some money dropped. Um, so you need to understand the inflections, the, the body language is absolutely important for communicating. Now, when these things are understood, then the, you come to the place of complete understanding where you know where your spouse is coming from or your fiancé is coming from. And then you begin to adjust yourself or adapt yourself to the person to meet that need. But a lot of times, people don't understand the communication that their partners are communicating. Right. And therefore, it's a total lack of understanding yes. and then it brings them into a situation. On that note, what is communication? Communication is simply the mode by which people transmit their emotions, their feeling, their thoughts, um, what they want to um, people to, to get across to people. Because communication has got to, got to do with getting across information. Okay. So basically, in a nutshell, that's what communication is all about. It's all about is getting across. Okay. Yeah, the needed information that you want somebody to get across, whether it's a love information whether it's um, a media information got to do with governmental issues, whether it's um, something is happening, people need to be warned. It's all about communication, getting information across. Okay, okay, wow, okay. So how do you think, what is the way out for couples who do not maybe know how to, well, I feel like, I, we had a chat with you, a conversation with you on yeah. Friday, and then after talking to you, I just started thinking about a whole lot of things. Mm. Then I was like, okay, so there's a possibility that I might think I'm communicating. No, but, but maybe, he it's not like you're not, you are communicating, yes, but maybe he's not understanding. understanding. And then he's communicating, and you are not understanding. Mm. And it's not that like communication, even, even as if I say, um, hello, and I say, hello, and then I say, hello, I have communicated on three different levels. Yes. But it's up to you to be able to discern what I want to bring across, you make your door me, and I did mention it. So you again, I come to that place. You have to know who your husband is. You have to know who your wife is, and then communicate accordingly. Some people also communicate by touch. Okay. And everybody must communicate by touch mm. because a little hand around the waist, a little squeeze there, and then a look into her eyes, and something like see. I mean, it, it communicates a million. So by the time you come home, she already knows what the husband has done, okay. and she is thinking about that little squeeze. Mm. Now, let me let me just say something, man. If you can't get to the mind of a woman, it will be difficult to get to her body, because the mind is once she brings her body close to me, I understand the body language and the way I'm supposed to respond to it. So if you know each other, you, you have to make time for each other. Check out the way people do things. But at the same time, let your life be spiced. You can't come at sex like a, a, a clock, Tuesday, 
5 p.m. Uh, Saturday. Like a timetable. Yeah, I think <laughs> that. I hate when people do those kind of things. Your marriage will not be excited. Yes. I mean, if it's the weekend and you're in the kitchen, my friend, you can work for sister, I don't know what. Not today, oh, but kitchen corner, oh, so, so, um, I'm speaking fancy. あ、そうそう、かかか。じゃ、どうすかさんえ、で、この感じで、あ、いや、だ、プラスのフォー。え、え、じゃ、お、ま、の、そう、そう、か、キッチンファイト、ビジネステーブルドナ、タタタタタ
You might have to get some lubricant to do it because the woman is her, her heart is closed, her mind is closed, and it also closes her body. Mm-hmm. Now, for other people also who are in the place of excitement and she's really interested. I we are talking about communication, understanding, and sex in marriage. And I believe communication is the motor that holds a relationship together. So the moment it falls, everything just crumbles. So that is here. I asked him a question. He was going about it before the internet messed us up. So um, the question is, we spoke on Thursday or Friday, and Daddy made mention of a woman's VJ being close to the husband. So I was just asking how that is even possible. Yeah. And that's what he was And, and I was saying that... Uh, if a woman is frustrated, she's angry, uh, she feels sad, um, she's not too well, um, she's stressed out. Like a man who uh, has the same problems and issues, his uh, penis can just go flaccid and flat. The same way a woman's uh, vagina can close, the muscles tighten and it's difficult to penetrate. Now, it's different from a woman who, by natural inclination, doesn't get too wet often and needs other lubrication. And this is because of her state of mind. And so you realize that her husband tries to get to her, and then uh, he cannot penetrate because if he tries to force, he will get bruised or the woman will get bruised because she's not inclined to have sex because of what is happening in her life. And it happens to a number of women, a lot of women. But the only thing I say, oh, I say, now it can also mean that the husband doesn't take care of her body before he tries to enter. So foreplay is limited. Those men who just go bam, 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 you know. And, and, and there are a lot of men, unfortunately, who some of them might even look very macho. Machoism is not necessarily a prerequisite for good sex. You can be macho, but you can be hopelessly incapable of satisfying a woman. You are strong, but maybe you ejaculate very early. There's another thing. Somebody might look very skinny, but he might be very skillful in sex. So sometimes the vagina closes because of that. And and there are marriages that you see and you feel like everything is okay on the outside, Mm. but then when you get the opportunity to talk to them, mm. you find out that, oh, like there's no communication. But then when you see them outside, they communicate so well. Why? Why is that? Yes. It's because they have learned how to play to the crowd. And they don't want anybody in their business. They are bleeding at home. But when they come out, it's a, it's a face. But one day, it's going to blow out in public. Because they really don't want to be with each other. Um, and, you know, they are apart even though they live together. Everybody goes about their own business and then when they come into, in public, they, they make it look as if everything is fine. But it's not as rosy as it seems. And there are some relationships which are like that. Uh, there are issues. I tell people, listen, listen. One of the most dangerous things a woman can do is to bring her husband disrespect by the way she talks and by the way she acts. And then bringing the language of the job place into the home. We had a problem recently. I mean, a couple were going to get married. Then, listen, listen, let me give you my three points. What are you talking about? My three points. I mean, a history lesson. 
three points to your husband. Simply say, okay, let me let me let me let you understand a few things. But my three points, as if you are talking to a subordinate in a classroom, and then somebody said, "Say, husband, look, 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 I will revert." Oh yes. <laughs> well, how can you do that? That is language in the in, in management in the workplace. I think I also use that. That's oh, terrible. Yeah, and like maybe when my husband asked me to do something, I just said, "I revert shortly." Oh come on! Can't you say, "Maybe I'll get back to you." No, it's terrible. I mean, if you tell me that, you're saying you regret. I'm going to write a paper or what? I'll do that. No, that's not right. You see, there's a language of marriage. And then there's a language, even in marriage, there are different kinds of language. There's a language with children. There's a language you speak with your husband. There's a language for sex. The oohs and the ahs. That's a sex language. Then there is a language of the workplace. And there's a language of school. You must be skilled in all these kinds of languages so that it will be appropriate wherever you stand. And that's very important. You know, and people go to that extent and call it have a Jimmy for sound. You know, you then afterwards you expect the man to give you money. You expect the man to take care of you, to pay the bills. You expect the man to come and sleep with you. You don't do that. The same way, some men or bar will be kind. No can come now bear for. So, woman and so you are indecent. Because if you can sleep with a woman who is indecent, then at the end of the day, you're also very indecent. You marry her. So, there is some language you must be careful. And that kind of language and communication will put people off and then you don't have sex. So, what would you say? What are the qualities of a good marriage? How would you know that? Okay, Ooh. so my marriage is good. Because. What no is marriage good? is perfect. Yes, but at least you know that. You're trying. It's good. Uh, this is a very difficult one. Um, what are the matter of a good marriage? But you mentioned communication. You communicate not on a hypocritical level, but on the level of friendship. Because you're not only married, you're also friends. You're your husband and wife. You are mother and father at the same time. So communication is a bedrock. Number two, you, you have the attitude of playfulness. So apart from good communication, there's an attitude of playfulness where you can banter around uh, in spite of the fact that you have got to the age of 50 or 40 or 60. There's still a little jokes you crack with each other. So there's that relaxed atmosphere in the house because the children know that uh, you can banter around. Um, my, 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 I always take short videos of one of my daughters and my, my children you know, in the hall and you can see us bantering, playing around in the hall and then she comes out and she, she, she gives her a view, she's in the law school. So I call her lawyer, I've been sent. So she, you know, there must be that playful atmosphere in the house. And not only that, there must be the atmosphere of order. Order not over discipline, but order in the context of the fact that the right things are done at the right time. That is very important. A good home is also, and a good marriage is also a place where people uh, are circumspect about the things that they say to one another. And then you also see a good marriage in the way children are being brought up. They are responsible, respectful, their life moves forward. When they even go outside, people look at them and say, these are very respectful people. One time, uh, somebody asked me a question at a, a, an earnest uh, chemist shop in Kumasi. And they said to me, um, I was with my kids, two of them, and we were going to buy something. When they got there, they said, uh, good afternoon, mom, good afternoon to those there. So they said, oh, Pastor, is that, are those your kids? I said, yeah. They said, they're so respectful. Anytime they come and buy anything here, 
the way they behave is not like some of the other children. Now, if you come from a good marriage and a good home, it rubs off on the children. Their attitude to the public is shown by the way they are brought up. They are greedy. When they go out to parties, they don't, they don't go and want to grab at everything. They behave appropriately. And that is very important. So a good home has all, some of all these uh, connotations in it. And then when you come to, you will see that in a good home, a kind of peaceful atmosphere. It's something that is not tangible. But if you are sensitive, you can feel it. You can go into a home. Once I went into a home, and the atmosphere was poisonous. I knew there was trouble in the home. So one early morning with my wife, I said, oh, let me go and visit this couple. And when I got there, I was standing behind the glass door and I could see the two of them gesticulating wildly and the insults were flowing. I could hear it and were flowing. It was so poisonous. I opened the door and they didn't even see me there. And then I stood at my wife opened her mouth. And all of a sudden, the man turned as well. Oh, oh, pastor, pastor. And their faces changed. So I said, oh, you, chamokeke. Actually, I didn't even say that. The atmosphere was so poisonous. So you enter such a home. Whether they are fighting or not, you can see it on the faces of the people. When you enter that home, you, you want to leave quickly. But there are some places. Because you love that home. And a good marriage has a home that is welcoming. Now, look at the Bible. Rebecca, do you have a place in your home for me and my animals? So yeah, for you and the animals too. We have food enough. Everything is there in the home. She came from a responsible home. And she acted responsibly when she saw Abraham's uh, servant, even though she didn't know him. So it, that hospitality is a part of a, a good marriage, the way people are, are received. You might not have a million dollars, but you have enough, and your hospitality is par excellence. That is very important. Okay. On the, it's reflecting on the children. I received a message, I think, about three days ago, and I still have, I haven't replied to the message because I didn't know how to. This is a situation where. Um, the woman and the man are in a single room with their children. Wow. Yes, and uh, I think the girl, the girl is two, and the eldest is a boy, and the boy is like seven. Yeah. And the woman they all sleep in the is, same yes. room, and all the action happens over the children's yes. heads. <laughs> and the woman says she advised that they get a two-bedroom, and the husband will not take it. So she was asking, like. So what should she do? Because she, she feels like she has saved enough to be able to rent it to her. So if the husband is not ready, but she's trying to communicate something to the husband. But it looks he like understands it perfectly. But I think his problem is one of pride. He has not been able to save money for that. And he thinks that his wife is taking the lead in that direction. Uh, I think sometimes it can be possible that he's ashamed. He doesn't know what to do. But you can't be sleeping with your wife in front of a seven-year-old much more even a two-year-old. Uh, Seven-year-old, they, they, they know a lot of things. I'll tell you a, a true story again, a true one. I have a family in church. The kids are in their teens. Now one is in the university, the other one is finishing, 
SHS. And when they were younger, they slept in the same room. The man has about three or four bedrooms, but he hasn't finished the house. And they're sleeping on the floor. And with the wife, he's on the bed. There was a problem between husband and wife. He kept telling the man, prepare another room, prepare another room. The children were getting fed up. And they were talking, oh, mommy, why wouldn't daddy prepare uh, another room? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know what? And the woman says, I just don't know. I'm getting frustrated. So, okay, mommy, we'll show you what to do. You know what the kid said? Don't give him your, don't give him your bottle. Oh, yeah? Don't what? give him your bottle. So, you they see everything? They see everything. They said, don't give him your bottle at night. And I'm not talking about somebody's story in church. So it's a very dangerous So she was bent on like going to rent the place it's and packing everything and then later telling the husband to join them. But you see, his pride and arrogance might affect. So she should get some elderly people to talk to him first. Okay. Because if she's not careful, she moves. You say, okay. So if it's open, say, oh, boy, Brad, you're caught. Maybe it's not something, baby. So, and that might end, uh, end up uh, collapsing the relationship. So she should get some people to talk to him and that she's found some money and she wants them to move into a bigger place. Wow. <laughs> I just hope she's watching. It's possible. Yes. Um, okay. Um, then what would be your advice to the woman, the married woman watching you who doesn't understand uh, communication, the how to like, communicate to your husband, how to understand your husband, and sex and marriage. You know, you know something. Communication starts from upbringing. If you come from a home where the husband is the god of all he surveys, he's the ochame plus the uh, chief in the house. Mm -hmm. He behaves like an old chieftain who is a, controls his village. Nothing happens without him. There's a village in Kumasi where you you cannot send a dead body to bury. If the chief doesn't come and look at the body, I've been to that village two or three times to do uh, a burial service in Ashanti region. So I said to myself, what? So we have to wait here until the chief is ready to look at a dead body before it's carried away. But that is a tradition there. So you see, there are some people who are so traditional. They control their houses like an old chieftain. And that way, it's going to be very difficult. So, if men would change their attitude towards their relationship with women a bit, it would help. And then the women also who are high-powered women with responsible jobs, they should also understand that in the modern world that we're in, if a woman, if a man can help, a woman can also help. My big sister, when she married, she went on with her life. She was a designer, a seamstress, very olden times. And her husband was somebody who worked, I think, initially with TDC, Temer Development Corporation, later with Bank for Housing. She was making a lot of money. She became a businesswoman. So I never for once saw that she lauded about her husband. And I saw something one day. Somebody needed some money. She didn't give the money directly to the person. She called her husband into the room. And then I overheard her say, um, I don't know, I almost mentioned the name. Said, oh, give it to the woman uh, for me. This is a woman who respects her husband. That's what everybody knows that. So the husband comes out to the hall 
and says, oh, uh, this is from me and my wife. Yeah. Have it. And I was so impressed. I said, whoa. Now, she got into a crisis during one of the coups in Ghana. She lost almost everything. And by this time, the husband was on the way out. He stood with her. And today, both of them are doing very well. You see, she understood that a woman can help, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make her the head of the whole. At the same time, a man brings a lot of help, but it doesn't have to be the boss all the time. He must be able to relate to his wife, mm-hmm. take her views, come to the place of understanding, and the two of them move up. Love has a greater responsibility than submission. Mm-hmm. Love in, in, in love is submission. So it's funny, a man also has to submit at times. But because he loves his wife, he brings himself to the level of his wife and the two of them will rise up because he loves her. And the two of them will function together beautifully. At the end of the day, when you grow older, like I am, I've crossed 50, almost at 60. I come to realize that there are some battles I fought when I was in my 30s. They're not even necessary. It is better you learn now. There are some arguments you have with your wife that are not necessary. There are some times of cold war that are not necessary. There are some times you behave in a particular way. It's not necessary. When you grow older, you realize that some battles you fought, you wasted your energy on not talking to each other for so long. It's completely unnecessary. I have a very different attitude towards life than what I had some 30 years ago. Very different attitude. You grow up to realize that for all that it takes, family is the most important thing in your life apart from God. And that even your church, your business, are a subset of the right rule of your home, the right function of your home, and the right relationship in your home. That's what makes things tick. Your excitement, your joy. And home is the greatest security you can find in life. A man who stays at home more than he's all over the place is always secure. But a man who is everywhere, he can easily be killed. When you stay in your home more, you are protected. When you are everywhere, today with this friend, today with this friend, with that friend, you create problems for yourself. And a woman who is everywhere, from funeral to funeral, from function to function, from uh, sister way and outdooring, you don't have to go to every outdooring, you don't have to go to every funeral. I have a policy. If you inform me, I'll try and go. If you don't inform me, I won't force myself to go. If you say a dog, not go here. It's simple. It's my principle. Even with family, if I'm told, I will be there. If I am not told, I wouldn't bother myself. And that is the way it is. Your greatest place of joy should be the home. Okay. Um, you made mention of the art of playfulness. Um, I wouldn't say most pastors, maybe some pastors <laughs> feel like are too rigid. Are you on the spot? Yeah, we are very rigid. Yes. We are too spiritual, but earthly, zero. But we are in a physical body. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like somebody says, oh, I'm very spiritual, but he doesn't use common sense. Now, spirituality is not a lack of assumption. Okay. Now, the fact that you are, you are, you are spirit being, does not mean that you don't have a body. Then, if you are not earthly good, ask God to take you away. But part of your responsibilities on earth is that woman you marry. And she's a major responsibility. 
to bring joy into our life. So you know, don't behave so rigid and stiff. I could say, bruh, but I could say, be me quite a man. Remember, you get the baby out with the slant of a bat with that two tables. So I will call no goodbye kiss, no hug. I do have a job. I could say, put your knife. Put your knife. And, and she feels a certain responsibility to herself for unity. I mean, whether she, she's, she's in pain and she's. Because that way, your, head, your entry will always create a problem for her. Because um, the girl, the woman doesn't get even lubricated well. And she's dying inside. I spoke to someone about that. And I was telling her that that is not submission. No. Because she wasn't happy, but she felt that was submission. No. But I didn't know how I was going to say it to her for her not to feel that I was intruding. Yes, because she wasn't happy. Like she's always dry down there. Yeah. And she gets bruised every time. Yes. And she sees sex as like a punishment. So we had a show here with um, Dr. Benjamin, and she was talking about sex and. The woman of God was also like, they were talking about how nice it is. Mm-hmm. And then we spoke, and I was like, no, it's not a punishment. She was like, that is submission. It's a great joy. To my husband. I'll tell you a story. A true one too. <laughs> there was this lady who... Please, you can send your comments coming and I'll read it out. But can I just read about two or three? Okay. okay. Um, and why to start from that lady? <laughs> yes, that lady. Um, Ra- Miel's Rabble said, Grandpa, you are teaching us. I can't wait to marry. And um, I'm enjoying the show. Thank you. Apostle Emmanuel Lincoln said, My brother, my brother, you are too deep. <laughs> Thank you, Lincoln. <laughs> uh, Natasha Crystal, uh, watching from Zimbabwe. I love your show. I've learned a lot. Thank you. Yada Nicole said, The attitude of carefulness, that's good. Yes. That it most of the married men of God are too rigid, they don't play with their spouses, they just go to the church and they play with everybody else, but then they are strict on their wives. I, I was telling you about that story. Yes. Where this lady who never had an orgasm before. Mm-hmm. And all her friends were telling her, Oh, I had multiple orgasms, I had this and this. So along the line something happened and things began to change. So one day with her partner, she had sex. Then, he took his time, handled her well, and then she began to scream and, you know, all kinds of noises. And then, after that incident, she picked the phone and called one of her friends and put them out. And I said, Akushia, Akushia, Uye Nipa Bonini, Sana Dea Desa. <laughs> so you should you should I have a saying I tell people who are getting married or married. I said never hurry with a beautiful woman. Never be in a hurry when you're having sex. Why? Why? How can you be in a hurry? It's not kitty kitty bang bang. No. That was an Indian movie. <laughs> I got a yes ago. Kitty kitty, you know kitty kitty bang bang. It's it's taking your time. You have all the time to She's your wife, your husband. Take her time, be playful, 
Touch where it needs to be touched. Hold where it needs to be held. Squeeze where it needs squeezing. Kiss where it needs kissing. And by the time you enter, it will surprise you. It only take you a few strokes and already your wife has started coming. Yeah. But if it's like, then you ejaculate and that's it. And she's there. She's halfway there. And she goes and says, what is wrong with this man? She can't voice that loud. She's bleeding inside. She doesn't have a happy marriage. Now, she'll either take it out on food or she'll take it out on money. So the time comes, Mieska. Mieska. And so she does shopping to please herself. And then she ends up with friends. And then friends will put her ideas into her head. And if you're not careful, it goes to the extreme. There is a question here for you. Yeah. Grandpa, so how do you communicate well without ignorantly offending your spouse when you are under pressure? When you're under pressure, the first thing you do is learn how to wait a few minutes before you speak. Because pressure can cause you to explode. So I normally tell people when you're angry, don't react. When you're angry, don't talk. Wait until the next day. Because what you say, you end up regretting. So when you're angry, over the years I've developed a culture of more of when my wife is asking me a few things and I, I realize that I'm not in the mood to respond. I rather prefer to use the mm 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 because if I might find what she's saying offensive and I might not like what she's saying, but if I respond, it's going to exacerbate the situation. So I rather prefer to do mm 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 or hey, neighbor, excuse me, I, I forgot something. Let me just buy it in the corner. So I just sit in the car, drive off. By the time I come back, she either has calmed down or something. Uh, if you have a nice shopping area, make it your focal point. You never know. One day I drove like that to a shop. When I got there, I bought a lot of stuff. I just went and bought a few things to make sure she, I bought something. And then somebody says, oh, are you Pastor Victor? I said, yes. She says, oh, uh, let me pay for it. And it's happened to me about three times. I just go out, save a situation, and get blessed somewhere. And I come back with free goods to the house. So sometimes it is important for you to deflect. Mm-hmm. Deflect. The, the questions that come in a particular way. But then you try to parry it away like a boxer goes like this. He doesn't want to hit you, but you're throwing punches and you're just doing this. You're doing this. You're doing this. So even in an argument or in a certain situation, learn how to deflect. Learn how to defer your comments for the next day. It is something that is hard, but you have to practice it and make it a part and parcel of your life. Be like a politician sometimes. Politicians always deflect. Um, Mr. Minister, uh, um, we hear that um, PDS has the agreement has been abbreviated with um, Electricity Corporation. So, what caused this? Maybe they haven't yet discussed, and that is not in the public domain. So, when you say what caused this, then you go, oh, um, Electricity Corporation has been there from 1950 something. It has been the sole provider. So, Electricity Corporation will continue to supply electricity to the country. Has he answered the question? Yeah. No. He's what? Deflected. So what he's doing is, he's telling you what electricity corporation has been doing. But the, your question is, what led to the abrogation of the contract? He hasn't spoken about it. Yes. And a lot of politicians do that. It's called deflection. Yeah. Sometimes you have to learn how to deflect. But then sometimes when you do that, it, it looks as if maybe you don't want to listen to maybe what you No, you're listening. You know what's about, but you know that the answer will be nice. 
So the best way to deal with it is to deflect. And then another time, you come back and do it. Or what you do is to give an answer, um, you know, because you can change the topic. Change the topic, because where the thing is coming from, it will help. Or take a walk. So I'm back, I'm back, I left something. Something that will, 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 will cause the mind. And, you know, with women, it works all the time. I mean, I've seen it work all the time. You, you have to be smart. If you're a man, you have to be smart. If you love your wife, you have to be smart. If you love your fiancé, you have to be very smart. Check the mood, check the way the things are coming. There's an avalanche coming, I've got to move to high ground. Uh, there's a storm coming, I've got to leave this place. So when you check on these things, you'll be able to carry most of these things that come your way. Okay, Ramya Ramos, I hope your question has been answered. Okay, so before we go, what will be your last remark? What would you say? What will be the last thing you say to your I don't know what will always be the last thing. I've said everything that I want to no, say today. No, let's say something. <laughs> I've said this say, before. Yeah, people always say, what's the last thing? No, I, you don't always say it. Everybody says it. When you're on the radio, when you're on TV, everybody says, so what is the last thing you'll say? Well, the last thing I'll say is the first thing I said. And what is the first thing I said? <laughs> Who, uh, my name is Reverend Victor Sen. Yes. It's been exciting being with you. I thank you so much for listening to all my mumbo-jumbo. And I hope that out of the mumbo-jumbo, the heap of mumbo-jumbo, you can pick a few things out and use it. And then it will be a blessing to your life. Okay. I pray that the hand of God will be upon you for good in all that you do. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for thank coming. Thank you. It's been exciting. Very appreciated. And thank you so much for joining us. Today has been uh, not too forward. We, we've been having some issues with the transmission. And I want to apologize to you for even sticking with us through that. God bless you for always using your airtime to watch uh, so um, I will say thank you again. I would like to invite you for service tomorrow at Spirit Life Revival Ministries, the Oracle's place at Adenta SDA. The number to call for direction is 0234 Then you would like to invite people there in Kumasi. Um, very easy to get a family chapel. If we're within the Kumasi vicinity, take a, an Uber, take a taxi, your own private car. Ask anybody where Family Chapel International is, off Susan, so take road, the KNUSP road. When you're coming from uh, Accra, it's the second bridge on your right. Brown and dark brown colored church. You can't miss it. The worship is incredible. And the preaching and teaching, you gotta hear it. <laughs> it's a home away from home. You'll be blessed. Alright, so thank you for staying with us. God bless you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.